0: So I mentioned we're honored to have Father Kazel with us from the Diocese of Minneapolis. He's got parishes in Pine Island and Zimbrota, Minnesota. And it's funny because poor father came here for a retreat and I've been putting him to work. And so um, I'm having him be a guest host on our Ask a Marian. So many beautiful people, you all listening have submitted questions to us. So he will be responding as uh, I'm not a Marian father, but I am a Marian priest because a devotion to Mary. So anyway, I couldn't throw the homily on him on top of making him do all those others uh, other, other videos. So God bless father, we're glad you're here with us. Uh, but what we wanna see is and the message that Christ is giving us today um, in this message of the calling of the apostles. Now, we know Jesus came to earth for a purpose, to bring redemption. Now, here's the thing. He had a plan to do it through preaching in Galilee with a team, not unilaterally, which he certainly could have done, but with a team. So there are two parts to this call. And this is what we have to remember. One, Jesus' summons, and two, their response. It's just like us in our understanding of our Catholic faith. You've heard me say before how beautiful it is that we get non-Catholics coming to our live streams, and oftentimes we hear, Father, you're only saved through Jesus Christ's grace. Is that true? Yes, we can do nothing. Only Jesus Christ's grace will save us, but we have to cooperate with it. We have to say yes to it. We have to embrace it and live it as best we can. That's why the Catholic Church teaches it's not just grace, but it's grace and works, not works of the law, works of love. And we see this in the calling of the apostles. Jesus calls them. That's like the grace. And then the response is like our response. Yes, we accept it or no, we don't. How do you accept it, Father? By following God's commandments, doing his will as best you can. This is what our call is. Now, he calls us. So as I said, we have to respond. If we ignore that call, we miss a beautiful gift, his grace, And so in, you know, in in reflecting on this, I think we should all ask ourselves, you know, is my life filled with too many other things that keep me so busy that I don't hear this call, that I am not aware of God's will? Am I so worried about the busyness of life that I miss it, that I don't have time to discern God's will? Yeah, probably all of us fit into that category in some way. Some people say to me, well, Father, I, uh, I mean, God can't use me. You've heard me say before, no. Everyone can be called. He even called Judas. Judas had an opportunity. But he didn't cooperate with that grace. Now, even the chosen ones like Judas, will betray our Lord sometimes, but he continues to invite us. He doesn't wait for us to earn our spot. That's what a lot of people say we Catholics teach. It's not what we teach, all right? He is wanting to see that we want to be with him. That's all prayer is. Father, I don't know what to say in prayer, I don't know what to do in a holy hour. It doesn't matter. Just be present to him. When you go to the hospital to visit somebody, do you say, gee, I wonder what I'm going to say to them and sit down and say, well, you know what? I'm not going to go because I don't know exactly the order of the way I should be when I get to that hospital. No, you go in there and you're just present with the person. You're just there. And that's the beautiful thing about prayer. So anyway... Once Jesus called the apostles, he had two problems. All right, first, he had to find a way to make his message permanent. He only had three years, three years to do something that would last centuries, millennium, millenniums. He had three years to make something permanent that would last 2000 years to us today. So that was his first challenge. Second, he had to find some way of getting his message out there. He didn't have the internet. He didn't have printed books. He didn't write anything down. So Jesus has this challenge here. I gotta find a way to make this message permanent. I only got three years to do it and I gotta find a way to get it out there and there's no internet or I don't have printed books and I'm not writing anything down. Whoa. So he had to choose certain men whose hearts would be open that he would write his message on their hearts and have them take it to the world. The 12 received a special vocation to be sent out. That's what apostle means, to be sent out. Remember, disciple means to learn. So you're first a disciple, you learn, and then you are an apostle, you are sent out. This is the Greek word. Now, Jesus equipped them with two things. All right. So, in order to do this task, Jesus says, I'm going to give you two things. The first I'm going to give you is teaching. That's what we're doing with you here now. Well, as best we can. So, the first thing Jesus did is give you a message. Second, he gave the apostles the power to heal, cast out demons even forgive sins. You heard my homily a couple of days ago where I was talking about Brother Jeff saying, uh, what was it, Matthew, uh, Gospel of Matthew 10, 8, I think, or whatever, it says that by virtue of our baptism, we can all heal, cast out demons, and even raise the dead. Christ is teaching us, and he's giving us the power to do something with it. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. So, it is significant that Christianity began with a group of people, lived out in fellowship. This was contrary to the times the Pharisees were the opposite. Pharisees were separated from each other. Do you know the meaning of the word Pharisee? We hear it all the time. Jesus railed against the Pharisees. The Pharisees challenged Jesus. What does the word Pharisee mean? The word Pharisee means separated one. They actually thought themselves separated from all the rest of the people. Oh, I'm not like that guy. Thank goodness. I'm separated. Yeah, that's true. To be holy means to be separated by God for a distinct purpose. To be consecrated means to be separated by God for a holy purpose. But their idea of separation was condescending. And so here's the whole point. The word Pharisee, meaning separated one, Jesus came and switched that. The essence of Christianity is that it binds us together. That is why we have holy communion. That we share in a bond together through the body of Christ. This is why you must have the sacraments. It's not optional. Holy Communion is not a nice thing. It's not just a a fellowship meal. It's a meal and a sacrifice. And that's the beauty of it. So Christianity began by basically insisting, not recommending, that diverse people should live together. My talk this last weekend, we were talking about Islam. And a lot of people said, no, no, Father, we can't communicate with them. They're evil. Okay, the actions are, yeah. But the people are children of God. And so our job is to not capitulate to them, not a false ecumenism, not, well, you know what, you don't like that teaching about Mary or the saints, so we're eliminated, so you're not offended. No. The true way is to bring them to Jesus Christ so that we're all together, but under Jesus. Jesus not under some other false pretense. So that's the message here. So it is like a test here on earth for what it'll be like in heaven, where we all are united. So it's not just about me and Jesus. I remember when I moved down to North Carolina, everybody down there was on fire with the faith. It really is the way I caught fire for my Catholic faith, because I saw how incredibly devoted these Baptists were. And I was amazed. I was like, whoa, if they love God this much, and they have only half the truth that the Catholic faith has. What are we doing? So I saw these Baptists and fire with their faith. And I was like, whoa, and it helped me catch fire. But one of the things they always said is it's about me and Jesus. It's about my uh, personal relationship with Jesus. It's all about me and Jesus. Yes, it's about you and Jesus and all of us. It's not just about me and Jesus. It's about me and Jesus and Father Kazel. Me and Jesus and brother Jeff, me and Jesus and brother Ken and brother Mark and all the beautiful people here and all of you. This is the message. All right, now, that's why we're marrying helpers. That's why we are together. So anyway, there is nothing in Jesus's three years of ministry other than the cross that is more important than what he just did here. Calling the proper people. He called them to be his apostles. Within them, he can work. Without them, he would not be able to extend to the world his message. Now, it's not because he couldn't; it's because he chose to do it this way. All right, this action predates the Bible. I I always hear this. You know, he chose the men of the church to be his living books this is before the bible so when people always say to us all the time where's that in the bible where's that in the bible well wait a minute these apostles were working for decades with no bible so does that mean that what they were doing is unimportant they didn't have a book no they were beginning apostolic tradition we believe in scripture apostolic tradition and the magisterium of the church which jesus just formed he just gave us the magisterium of the church through apostolic tradition which is then laid out in scripture the mass predates the bible they can't be separate they're together so some of their work would have no value if you only said where's that in the bible Sola Scriptura, as you all know, is not in the Bible. So anyway, we hear it all the time. Father, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Have you not heard that? I always say, really? You're not into organized religion? Nope. Well, that's too bad. As you always hear me say, Jesus organized religion. He gave us the church. He established the magisterium through the apostles, which was right here. He established the throne of Peter and put uh, the papacy and put Peter upon it. He gave the apostles the authority to heal, to forgive sins. This is Jesus organizing religion. And so this is not man-made. Father, I'm not into man-made religion. Well, either am I. I'm into the religion Jesus organized. You know, St. Augustine said, and this is what, who the apostles were. They were chosen to govern Christ's church. But Augustine said, quote, what, we're, what, whatever the church says is true. Whatever she permits is lawful. Whatever she forbids is evil. Whatever she ordains is holy. Whatever she institutes is good. Now let me qualify that. That doesn't mean we don't have stupidity within our ranks. I'm the first and foremost There are so many things that happen in our church that need to be cleaned up. God bless those of you who have taken an active stance to stop the the, the misuses and the the abuses. I'm not saying that. The church in her teaching is divine. She will not fail you. She's also human. She will make mistakes. And our job and your job as Lay Faithful is to pray for her and help clean her up. Don't stand, don't tolerate that kind of stuff. We can't tolerate our bishops misspeaking the truth. We can't tolerate bishops getting in there, up there in front of our congregation, in front of the sheep, saying that it is not true. You don't have to believe this. Or you, you know, you have to be forced agenda upon you. No way. God bless all of you who are standing for the truth. God bless you. And so this is important. You know, Jesus chose to extend his kingdom through his church using human beings. Well, I don't listen to men, Father. Well, all right. Yes. But we listen to the teachings of Christ through the men he chose to lead. Did you hear that? When anybody says to you, I I get the letters all the time, God bless you. And it makes sense. It's a good question. I don't follow the teachings of men. Therefore, I don't go to church. It's man-made. No. It's instituted by Christ. His authority was given to the church. And so when you say, I don't listen to men, I agree with you. I don't either. Well, I mean, I have to father Kaz and, you know, things like that. But I don't listen to the teachings of other religions because those are the teachings of men. But in our faith, we listen to the teachings of Christ through the men he put in charge called the magisterium. This is our faith. So Jesus chose Judas, for instance, well, Father, how can you say that? How can I follow the church when it's full of discrepancy and and evil and bad people and all this and that? How can I follow the church? That's a good question. Jesus chose Judas knowing what he would do, knowing who he was. Judas made the decision to not follow the grace of God. And some priests and bishops have done the same. But you've heard me say it a dozen times. You don't leave Jesus because of Judas. Nobody said, you know what? I can't believe what Judas did. Therefore, I am leaving Jesus and his church. There are some great people in our diocese right now that are instituting meetings with the bishops saying, I don't want to leave the church. I want to help the church get on track. Let us all feel that way. We don't leave Jesus because Judas. We jump on board with Jesus and say, you know what? Despite Judas, we're going to clean up Dodge and we're going to live like Christ. Pray for all of us to do that. So even in the greatest inner circle ever, Jesus' 12 apostles, there was problems. <laughs> So don't think that your family or your parish isn't going to have problems. I bet if I had Father Casal come up here and say, Father, is your parish perfect? Are there any problems within it? I'm sure we could hear a lot of stories about anybody. And that's how it is in our broken human nature. So anyway, to finish, Jesus can pick the most unlikely people. He picked a bunch of fishermen, teaching us to rely on each other. And that's what he did here in this reading. You know, there are four different lists of the apostles. They're talked about in the New Testament. Matthew has it, Luke has it, Mark has it, and Acts of the Apostles. It talks about it. Now, in these lists, every list of those four places has Peter listed first and Judas listed last. Now, what I find interesting is it also arranges in every one of those lists groups of the apostles. They are suggesting that they were arranged in three groups of four, and each group had a leader. For instance, Peter's always mentioned first, and then it says Andrew, James, and John. So you kind of have like Peter, the leader of that little inner group of his brother Andrew, James, and John. Then next, it always mentions Philip as fifth. So it says Philip, and then followed by Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew. So it's kind of like Philip was that little inner leader of Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew. Then every list summarizes by saying, James, the son of Elpheus, or James the lesser, followed by Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas. So he was kind of like the leader of that little mini group. So maybe God is leading you in the same way, your spiritual director, your pastor at your parish, even right here with us Marian fathers. It is very good to be part of God's team. So if God has brought you here where Father Kaz and I and other Marian fathers can shepherd you, praise be to God. Father, I can't go to my parish. I'm bedridden. I'm, I'm quarantined or I'm sick or I'm unable to get to mass or our church is closed. God has brought you here. If not, your pastor at your parish. For any of you listening from Pine Islanders or Broda, it's Father Kazel so these are the gifts god gives us leading your way as shepherds so several people have said father we're finding in the covid time good shepherds this priest or that priest or my own priest hopefully with your churches open back up so it's a beautiful gift so the bottom line go out be apostles be disciples learn then be apostles and be sent out it can be in many different ways Father, I can't literally go out and preach on the soapbox because I'm bedridden. Well, yeah, but offering up your suffering and your prayers are more powerful than an atomic bomb. Father, I don't really have a lot of skill. I don't have, I can't teach theology, but I love to help people. Wonderful. You can go to a soup kitchen. You can go to your local parish. You can do deeds of mercy. So however God uses you, prayer, word, deed, however, he can use you just like he used the apostles. And he used, if you don't think you can't have an impact, Father, well, I can't do anything. I'm just some little person. Jesus used 12 people to change the world. 12 men changed the world. Well, 11, but then he was replaced. So I think that's a great message for us today. To say, you know what, Lord, you can use me too. No matter who I am or how broken I am, you can use me too. So that's, I think, the message to today's gospel. And next to the cross, probably the next most important thing Jesus ever did.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our spiritual benefit society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses Dot .org Thank you and God bless you